Hi, David. Hi there. How are you? Good. Yeah, very good. Um, have you ever turned off a film because it's been too thrilling or exciting or scary or? Yeah, I definitely say one film that I found really harrowing that I had to go away from was um, I watched it quite late in the day. Actually, it came out in the very late seventies or very early eighties, and it was the BBC uh, film Threads about the nuclear attack. I found that very um, harrowing. I remember watching it in a bed sit on my own and um, just thinking it was a mixture of fear and just quite sexy. Did you, what the when you, you saw the graphs come up of the nuclear radioactive levels and I love all that. So I hit the old erotic how would button. It, how would it? Have you seen it recently, ish? I did. I was um, for some reason I, I was dating somebody and um, I said we should watch Threads <laughs> and um, and she said what? oh well, I'll, I'll watch what? that. Yeah, we sort of sat and watched it and afterwards I thought God this is Why a bad did you idea. Say you well, um, she was asking um, about like you know horror films, things that made you feel uncomfortable. Right. I was describing it. I think my pitch sort of hooked her in, and she was like, "All right, well, we'll check this out." And then because um, it's just really bleak, kind of sixteen millimeter seventies cinematography with all these like Blue Peter esque graphs about how many people would die if a, if a nuclear bomb hit Sheffield and then the rest of Britain, and a very British voice appears in the background saying. It's five hours after the nuclear attack. Fifty percent of Britain have now passed away. Can you make it away. a little bit more British, like? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, five hours since the last nuclear attack. And then another five percent on top of that. It's five hours since the last nuclear attack. You're just elongating your syllables. I know it's been more. Fifty percent of Britain. <laughs> Have now deceased. Right. And we're sat there sort of thing, you know, showing a box of Maltesers or whatever, and it's kind of a case of, it's a bit of a dower. I think, God, we've got an hour and a half left of this. <laughs> so every now and then suddenly trying to look at her face, her expression. Because you're sort of in a way... Are you happy to share your Maltesers? I imagine you've got your eye on the Maltesers quite a lot. Yeah, I'm not a... Um, my best pal, who I usually go for, like, uh, go to the cinema with and things like that, he's quite open about that, and uh, I am too, that we just don't like sharing food. Yeah. So, um, do you know what I mean? We actually... Why is that? Like, I don't know. I think it's something... I'm like that. Why is that? You would have thought that maybe your parents had stolen food from you, or, like, you're used to siblings taking it off you, but if I if I buy, like, a, a box of 12 McNuggets for someone... So if I said to you, oh, would you mind if I have a McNugget, how would you re- react? And I bought them. Yeah. I would happily say, go for it, buddy, but inside I'd be dying. Okay. I'd be, you uh, go for it, amigo. Would you mind if I have one of those McNuggets? Oh, absolutely. You go for it. I've some ketchup. Get, get involved and inside I'd be like you know Fred West has come back to life it would just be a disaster inside I just and then I'd be thinking it's only a McNugget Edwards let him have one he's driven you to McDonald's or whatever the situation yeah. is could I have another deep, one deep down you got that please do <laughs> there you go have a napkin don't put any grease on the furniture sort of thing but yeah get involved that's what they're there for to enjoy and you like you know chicken and uh, can I have another little one? chicken bits in your can mouth I, that I bought can I have another one you certainly can. That's a third of them gone now. No, one quarter. One quarter, do your maths. I think Anger. Can I have another one? Might... No. Now it's. I might need them for later. You wouldn't say no, would you? I would probably say, of course, you like your McNuggets, don't you? <laughs> you like your McNuggets. You can have a one. Yeah, you like your McNuggets. <laughs> You, think you should have got McNuggets instead of a burger. Maybe yeah. should, we could do it. We could swap if you want. I could have your burger and you could. Uh, at the McNuggets. So what else happens in anything? What else happens in threats? Anything else? There's an awful moment where um, a woman's walking down the street of a shopping, and um, she hears a bulk builder shout out, "They've done it! They've only gone and bloody done it!" And she looks over um, like a really mundane. I think it's Woolworths, proper eighties. And um, she can see a mushroom cloud. And then we cut to her kind of trousers and, and white stilettos, and she just urinates on the pavement. Does a little puddle around her sort of Essex white stilettos. Yes. And then drops her bags, tangerines going everywhere, representing an apocalypse, and puts her hand (laughs) up to her mouth. 
And I don't think she even knows that she's becoming continent with the, um, I don't think it's not radioactive poisoning that early. It's just like, just utter fear. Her, her bladder has just exploded like a balloon at a party. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that metaphor works. <laughs> it's like a water bomb that's gone up inside, type of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> her bladder's exploded like a balloon at a party. At a party, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Like some hideous prank that's taken place. What does that happen to her? Do you see. Not at all. She just runs in the street and everyone just starts screaming, going left, right, and centre. They're all trying to go back to their families. Because uh, the thing is... How long, how long have you got? How long have you got? Like, how close you got to be to the blast for you to uh Well, the thing is, they're in Sheffield, so they know there's going to be another bomb dropped. Because it's like the British voiceover says, um, Sheffield is well known for... More British, industry. please. Sheffield is well known for all industries and metal work based uh, refineries so that means yeah there's gonna be another bomb dropped on them by the ruskies and they know that for a fact so that's that might be i don't know where that would be i'm terrible my geography and um hence i would be good during a nuclear apocalypse and uh they know one's going to be dropping on sheffield quite soon so um hence her uh, you know she hasn't got time to go to the toilet she's got to drop her shopping so that and, mushroom uh, cloud kids. the original mushroom cloud is where I don't know. It's somewhere else in Britain. Because the idea is this is a megaton bomb. This ain't uh, Hiroshima. This is Hiroshima times 10. This is proper, you know, the sort of thing Roger Moore has to deal with every bomb movie. But it's happened in a Mike Lee social realism setting that's relatable to us. And um, they drop one on. And also that means um, if one's dropped on us, we start firing... um, Nuclear Did you kiss your girlfriend during threads? That's a very good question. I don't think so, really. I think it really just... Uh, I think it uh, swallowed any romance in the room, really. You're right, you wouldn't have started kissing her. No, nothing... No. I don't think anything intimate took no. place during that. I think it really just um, sucked out all the love oxygen. There was no Barry White music playing in the background. David, have you got any movie news this week? Yeah, well, there's a lot of movie news. I'll tell you, the first thing is, today is National Cinema Day. Which means... I'm going to the cinema today. That way you can go and see anything for £3. What? I've paid for mine. Oh, right. I paid for mine about a week ago. Honestly, look into that. Because it should only cost you three pounds. It is National Cinema Day today. I only say that because I never go to the cinema. So what are you going to say? Nope. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. We think. Of oh, it. you didn't like it. Oh, for God's sake! But the thing is, oh, a lot of God's people. Sake. A lot of people do like it. I'm very much in the periphery of that. No, because I know I've heard a couple of people say, oh, "I'm not sure." Oh, for God's sake, that's the end of... Oh, I've got a crap Saturday, then. Your face. Your face. You honestly, buddy, you might like it. If you look at the reviews, they were very, very solid. Do you know what I mean? If you look at Rotten Tomatoes, a lot of people came away with that quite happy. But it just didn't tick my box particularly. And it's not rubbish. There's some good moments in there. It's an interesting film. I mean, it's a lot better than going to see a Marvel movie, a real formulaic, you know, cookie cutter off the conveyor belt film. I think, you know, out of all of them out there at the moment now, that's not a bad one. Uh, someone mentioned there's a... There's a, it's similar in some respects to Jaws. In a very loose manner, in the sense that... Um, not that there's any um, spoilers here. I mean, you get this information on the trailer. No, don't give me... I, do you know what? I don't know. Don't tell me anything. I don't even want to know trailer. I will not say anything to you at all. It's very loose. How long is it? How long is it? Um, it is um, just below two hours. Beautiful. That's what you want. That's the magic spot. Yeah. Sorry, your movie news, Cinema Day. 
So Cinema Day at the moment, which is £3, because they're trying to get people back in the cinema. And before every film, they're going to show you a sizzle reel of uh, what's going to be in the, um, the cinema uh, from now until December. Things such as um, Black Panther 2, Avatar 2, things that they think are going to really drag people back. David, 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 what about Blackbird? Is it Blackbird? M- Michael Flatley. Oh yes, he starts his own. He's, he's written, directed, and starring in his own film, isn't he? It's like a thriller. You, you know, have you heard about it? Only vaguely. When you said it, I suddenly paused because I saw a photo of it. It is Blackbird. Yes, it's, 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 Mark Hamill wrote on Twitter. This is the worst film I've ever seen. Literally, so to speak, really. I'm, when I read the description that Michael Flatley, the actual Irish dancer. Had uh, he's, I think he's written and directed. I could be yeah, wrong about that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, interesting about Jordan Peele from Nope, isn't it? I mean, before becoming this big author, kind of social commentary horror director, um, he was a massive comedian in America. I mean, Jordan and Peele aren't as big in Britain, but in America, Jordan and Peele were massive, you know, Armando Anucci kind of level. And he's gone from that, you know, so he's climbed his comedy mountain, Jordan Peele. And then he's carried on to climb an even bigger mountain and be like a modern Hitchcock. So his career is amazing. But when he did a film, uh, that first one, um, Get Out, people were getting ready to shoot him. It's like, all right, he's doing a horror film. He's directing it. So this is this is like a 007 ripoff. Oh, my Lord. I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah. Sorry, I'll keep butting in. Go on. No, not at all. Not Moving at all. news. stuff. Because when I read the Blackbird uh, description, I had to, do you know what? I'm not joking. I had to read it three times. I was like, is this Michael Flatley, the actual dancer? I thought I'd reread it wrong. So yeah, it was recently, and he looks terrible in the photo. It looks like a scene out of EastEnders, but it's supposed to be this action thriller. It took me a while to get my head around it. My, my brain couldn't quite uh, calculate what was happening. I couldn't do but, yeah. any better. No, I couldn't. For crying out loud but the thing i think the other thing is uh when you do something like the lord of dance you know you can't this unique style of dance that becomes this dvd massive hit across the world that no one else is doing i think you sort of think yeah i have got a unique take on things i know what the audience wants and it gives you that extra boost but you're saying yeah moving news here we go um basically oh david the- there- no sorry go on. oh that's all right i need to go for it <laughs> No, no, God. Blackbird 2's been announced no, already, yeah. for crying out loud. Blackbird the trilogy. Um, so my, my brain's just gone to Blackbird mode now. I think he's that, quite, is that his spy sorry. name, the Blackbirds? Sorry, don't know. You're, sorry, movie news. I need to dig deep, deep into that. Um, it is in, it's National Cinema Day, and the reason... Oh, sorry, I, David. They're, no, sorry. <laughs> go, honestly, go for it. Any inputs... Is required any There's any no any, input. I'm just any mental jolts in the head of cinematic nuggets. Right, I'm going to shut up. Movie news. Not at all. Not at all. It's a two way street. This two way street. Um, movie news. Cinema Actually, day. there is no. <laughs> Honestly, go for it. Right, I'm stopping. Oh, I can't help it. Now. Window of silence. No, I'm shutting up. Go. No, no, that's fine. It's not a problem. Cinema Day. No, it's not. It's called National. It's the National Cinema Day. The reason for that is because um, obviously we're coming out of COVID. And also, it's, the cinema box office at the moment is a really tricky beast in the sense that um, July, it made loads of money. I mean, Top Gun 2 has made $1.4 billion. It's just done incredibly well. But the, um, the, the cinema box office is bipolar at the moment. It's massively high, then massively drops. So July did really well, and they said, right, cinema's back, it's not dead. August, you didn't have any of those big, like, Marvel or uh, Top Gun-esque movies, and the slump was ridiculous. And it shows that cinema can't have this kind of middle ground. People, the only reason people are going to leave Netflix or their streaming, you know, um, sites or their big plasma TVs is for these big 200 million movies. Right. And August, those mid-level movies came out. And the box office is appalling to the extent that the uh, last weekend there was a, a vampire film called Invitation. It was a number one at the box office in America, and it only made $7 million. That was the highest grossing film last week. This is so, in America. Um, this is in America, yeah. And um, August really was. 
because these things are shifting. I mean, the big releases this August was Game of Thrones at home, new series of that, Lord of the Rings TV show. And I think they're saying more and more that um, cinema's not dead, but it's turning into this very specific thing whereby it's these big 200 million experience movies, you know, big visual roller coasters, but anything in the middle, like Bullet Train with Brad Pitt, you know, it's not big IP movie, it's not big effects, but I mean, Bullet Train would have survived perfectly in the 90s and the new millennium, but now it, it did okay. Or Nope, that's another example. How's that done? That has, um, it's... It's made its, it's making its money back. They'll get its advertising money back, a bit of profit. 152 about, million. Yes, it's about 100 million below what they were aspiring to. Wow. It's not a massive flop, but it hasn't done brilliantly. It's nothing like the big Marvel or Top Gun films. It, cinema seems to now be a very specific type of movie, a specific genre. You know, it's not like um, just a platform for God, visual you entertainment. Know what? Nope, isn't making a lot at the box office now. August has been appalling. It's been really, really bad, and they're 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 hoping that um, the Rock has got a, a superhero film coming out um, in October, and they're hoping that's going to boost things. I can't believe I've forgotten the name. It's um, Adam Black Adam. It's called. It's a new, um, and also Black Panther 2, and also they are putting all their eggs in the Avatar 2 basket. They think that's going to be absolutely massive because a lot of cinemas are relying on Avatar 2 in December to stay open. Cineworld and Picture House are very near to folding and closing. I heard that. And they are really are hoping James Cameron is going to boost things for them and give them a massive Christmas. But the thing is with Avatar, it's a funny one, isn't it? In the sense that, yes, it did do incredibly well when the first one came out, but it really relied on the whole 3D gimmick, didn't it? Which has now died away. And when you look at Comic-Con, how many people dress up as a giant blue smurf out of Avatar? It hasn't got the same geek nerd element that something like Lord did of the Rings. Did you not when it came out? Um, I'd, you would have thought so. No, 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 because I did. Dress up as a giant, giant navi, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Sort of, um, I can imagine you pulling up. Did you really? Yeah, you know, you... we had um, my friends. We had a party. God, when was it? Was that two thousand odd? Two thousand. I think you were joking. You dressed up as a navi. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we had a party. It's like a barbecue party thing. And yeah, uh, the photos. What you yeah, bring a sausage dressed as a navi? I'll, I'll drag up the photos now. That's dressed up as the uh, avatar characters. Chewing on burgers whilst holding a spear. Are you taking the piss? No, not at all. I'm thinking, are you? Are you joking or not? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I was going to say, flipping. I was getting ready for it to appear on the screen. <laughs> I like the idea of a barbecue. Flipping heck, I thought, God. Imagine it's all like 17 of us dressed as <laughs> eating burgers. Chewing away on your, um, on your chicken leg type of thing, your garden on the patio. <laughs> Leaving blue stains everywhere, blue, blue footprints coming in and out of the lounge. I thought, God, he's committed. There you go. Avatar was a hit, mate. For crying out loud, it inspired me. I wouldn't have covered my soul and my feet with blue. I would... Absolutely, there you go. That, that, that's the amateur. The amateur would have I done would have that. I would trainers. Very true. Maybe some blue goalers, something like that, to keep that whole blue kind of vibe going. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for this week's movie news, David. Not at all, not no, at all. No, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart. No, no, thank, thanks for listening. Because <laughs> if not, it's just a man in a room talking to himself. <laughs> it's just good to have that platform. David Edwards Movie Review So David, this week's movie review is, was... Seven. Oh, I forgot! Yeah, 1995-7. Yeah, because we changed the rules on the last pod that you could... You could watch revisit a, a revisit a film and review a film. Yes. Oh, David, I just thought, actually, 
If you press this button on the random movie generator, oh yes, you can hear Harrison Ford's Harrison Ford's voice. Press the button. Oh really? Yeah. What's he going to say? Go on. There we go. I hate snake shot. I hate him. What do you think of that? It's just lovely to hear those sort of gruff, manly out. Yeah, but what do you think of the random movie generator that we got here? It's just. It's evolving. It's got. I've I've added a few buttons and levers and. Oh God! This is. I mean, Silicon Valley would be jealous of this. This is the beginning of. This is the future of high tech cinema viewing. Pull that le- Pull that lever down. You'll get the universal oh, music. It's a big large silver one, isn't it? Yeah. I've better put all my weight on it. You'll Here get, we go. You'll get the universal mu- music. Ready? Go. Glorious. Yeah. <laughs> it's that good, is just love to my eardrops. Yeah. That is just forget about some fancy plasma screen in the corner of your lounge. You want to get yourself a movie random generator. A, a random movie generator. Get it right because I won't know yeah. what you're talking about. An RMG. An RMG. An RMG. An RMG. It's like it's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on acid, this is. is. Would you like anything else? Would you like me to add anything else to the RMG for next week? No, I think just Harrison Ford's voice. Nice big silver levers, because when I look at these like big plasma screens, there's no buttons. I don't know what to do. I can't turn them on. Yeah. I get very confused. It's like a, a large window. So this is great. Lots of levers and massive uh, colourful buttons. Okay. Like this. <laughs> okay. Right. So you revisited Seven. Go for it. I, I certainly did. I mean, I have not seen Seven. I didn't realise it, but I hadn't seen Seven since probably I, I probably got out on DVD after watching it in the cinema. So it would have been like late 90s. And... You know, you do revisit films in your head that you've got these really strong um, recollections of and sort of memory of. And it's a case of, um, you do, a lot of the time I go back and watch them. Like I saw Gremlins again recently. And the majority of the time, there's great set pieces and moments in them. But then when you watch the whole film, they don't quite, the whole thing doesn't hang together well. I mean, a lot of the Indiana Jones films are like that, outside of Raids of the Start. There we go. There he is. So I'll just press the Harrison Ford button. I hate Snake Shot. I hate him. There you go. Here he, here he comes. <laughs> I'll be, I will be grateful when an episode appears where he does not show his head. Basically, doesn't make a uh, some entrance. So you've re- re- so you revisited seven. Was it a positive experience? Honestly, it was better than the nineties. It's one of those. Honestly, I'm not joking. I'd say seven is almost like a perfect movie. Really, you can't knock it. It's definitely one to. It's worth revisiting. Seven. It really, really is. Well, and what's think, it about for those who haven't seen it? So, what is it about? It's set in this. The, the city is a character in itself. It's this sprawling, crime-filled urban slum. So it never stops raining. It's just apocalyptic. and uh, But it's very much based in gritty and reality. It's not like a graphic novel comic book city uh, like Sin City or Blade Run. It's based in reality, but it's, it's not given an actual name. It's almost like a sort of Gotham City, you know, urban sprawl. And there's a serial killer who's going around murdering people. And when you go to the crime scene to find the body of the victim, he's almost done a tape modern art installation that represents one of the deadly sins out of the seven. And he's trying to, you know, and the the police are trying to get to him before he kills the next person. And they find this person in their home or place of work, butchered to death, representing um, a a deadly sin. So one person is represented as, um, I believe it, it was gluttony whereby he's been he's a he's an overweight obese man that's the one i remember yeah yes and he's force fed him so much the serial killer that his stomach's exploded much like your uh, party balloon exactly we've done a full circle it's exactly like party balloon explodes and um they find him with his head in a bowl of pasta with an exploded stomach and um would you would you explode if you get eating I'm trying to think, or would like the seams of your stomach just break through and, and you'll have internal bleeding? I mean, I'm not a qualified doctor, but I imagine that would happen. You know, literally. And I imagine he just, he, he's tied up with um, uh, barbed wire, which isn't going to help for eating manners, I imagine. So it's probably a complete, you know, spaghetti everywhere. And um, he just wouldn't stop. He just demanded him to keep on eating, keep on eating until some kind of inside eruption took place. 
in a horrific manner, basically. Okay, well, before you carry on, let's let's have a little listen to a little bit of Seven. What's going on here, California? Sergeant. Get your people out of here. Come on now, go. No one touches anything. Kind of there you go. Absolutely, there we go. Very. Uh, the other thing, the other great thing about Seven, I really appreciate looking back on it, is definitely the music and the sounds. Really harrowing Howard Shaw soundtrack. Howard uh, Shaw. You you throw out Howard Shaw as if everyone should know who Howard Shaw is. And now I'm checking my notes to make sure it's the right man. Now I've said it. <laughs> I suddenly had a panic attack. I thought, yeah. I've heard of Howard's Way. Is, is Howard Shaw Howard's Way? Well, I'm talking about a, uh, a soap opera from the 80s. Now, Howard Shaw, uh, film composer, so real harrowing kind of dark uh, music that you really appreciate more watching again. And also, the soundscape's amazing. When they're in apartments checking these bodies, you can always hear the sound from the other apartments around them, upstairs and next door. And they're always quarrelling, screaming, shouting. You know, it's this urban sprawl of sins taking place all around them. And the cinematography's really good. It's got this grimy kind of look. They played around with the, um, the cinematography, the saturation. They called, was it? Yeah, it was a bleach bypass, which means that it was um, a chemical process which lowers the saturation and raises the contrast to create a gritty, disheveled picture. So it's got that really specific kind of Would look to it. Would you bleach your anus? It depends. No, I don't think I would because no one would see it. Okay. Well, not anyway. Because yeah. <laughs> the only reason okay. you want to do back that to, is if it glows in the, the night like back a target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the film. I didn't need to go into that. Well, as I was doing that sentence, I was like, "You didn't need to say that, Dave." <laughs> well, I did. None of that needed to be said. No, not at all. But I just verbalised it for some reason. I wouldn't know. It'd be painful and unnecessary. So it's it's Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, and so Kevin Spacey, and Kevin Spacey. Wow, quite a powerhouse. And Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. So in the nineties, quite a powerhouse there. Obviously, it's got an amazing twist. Those of you who haven't seen it, I will not give that away. Oh, the twist at the end, flipping Nora. And slap you know what? My bum. David Fincher, indeed, slap both buttocks of you know backwards and forwards. Um, David Fincher had to really fight to keep that twist because the studio New Line were absolutely hell bent on not having that. No, it was going to be. It was going to be set in Brad Pitt's apartment at the end. And um, the twist was not going to take place. That person was in it was safe at the end. And they don't say, give away anything. I will not. No, no, no. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it on the lock and key. Um, Do Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kevin Spacey, and Morgan Freeman look younger? Yeah, I mean that's um, that's a very good point in actual mm. fact. Not massively. <laughs> I think Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt's aged well. Only when you get the old close-up does he look a bit. I think Brad Pitt, I think all of them have aged pretty well, actually, to tell you the absolute truth. I mean, Kevin Spacey, I think it's more of... Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he's gone for a, yeah, a yeah, stop, yeah, yeah. so, you know, absolutely. Leave, leave it there. Keep it under the bed. Yeah. So, but you, uh, you enjoyed it. Was it as oh, thrilling as you remembered? I mean, no... You sort of definitely. What's it like revisiting a film, David? You know what's coming. You start appreciating the intricacies more, like you know the music, the cinematography, and also one thing about Seven is we're not going to say what the twists are, but you start watching it again, knowing what the twist is going to be at the end, and you see how they've been cleverly they've cleverly embedded things, and they've they've sown plot seeds really early on. 
so that that sucker punch has a real emotional volume. And watching it again, now you know how the roller coaster is going to end. You start looking at how the tracks have been laid out. You think, God, that really is impressive in a big, big way. Who wrote it? Was it a, was it a new car, a guy out of the blue? It was Kevin Andrew Walker, and he was working Tower Records. Yes. When he wrote it. And yes. it was his first. Um, it was his first script. Has he done much else? This is terrible. I don't know. He has done bits and pieces. He's worked. Um, he's worked with Tim Burton. He did um, Sleepy Hollow. He did a draft of that. Oh, he did Nicolas Cage. Eight, now, eight millimeters is really interesting because at one point that was going to be the sequel to Seven, but um, in the end, David Fincher said no. So Joel uh, Joel Schumacher, who did uh, Lost Boys and films in that ilk. Um, he took it over and then it became its own thing and Nicolas Cage started in it. But the interesting thing is, Kevin Andrew Walker, or is it Kevin Walker-Andrew, isn't that Kevin Andrew Walker? It is Kevin, it's Andrew Kevin Walker. There you go, I managed to, to, to butcher that name, didn't I, quite incredibly. Um, he's always been um, uh, David Fincher's script doctor to the extent that uh, sometimes he won't get a credit on David Fincher's films because he hasn't done enough drafts the Writers Guild to give him a credit. But he's always involved in some level of Fincher's movies. He'll always go over it in script edit or give him feedback. Did you know, David, little fact, he made a cameo appearance in Seven yeah, where as is the that? dead man at the first crime scene. Oh, so he's... Oh, is he really? Is he the dead man gluttony? I can't remember the first crime scene. I didn't realise that was him. That's really interesting. He wrote Wolfman with Anthony Hopkins and... Oh, God, that was a big flop, wasn't it? And, oh, uh, was it? Yeah, that was a big, big... Um, and who who was who played the wolf? It was a well-known... The Benicio um, del... Uh, indeed. Uh, whoever. Interestingly, he is collaborating with David Fincher again for a Netflix feature film starring Michael Fassbender um, about... Yes, about an ageing assassin that's based on a French graphic novel. And I read the graphic novel, actually. It's very, very good. It's about a man going through a midlife crisis, and he's trying to actually turn his back on the assassin lifestyle, but he keeps getting sucked back in. And they've just finished filming that. It's going to be a Netflix movie, and he wrote that. And also, um, Netflix do those short films called Dead... Is it Robots Love Death yes. and Robots? Yeah, 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 yeah. He did a short Love Death that. and Robots, yeah. That's it. He did a short for that, which David Fincher directed. And it's about... He's um, very much a David Fincher um, dude. Oh, very much. Yeah. Two peas in a bloody pod. Yeah. Absolutely. Two hanging out. We're two peas in a pod, aren't we? Two, that's, what I want. that's what I want. Two that's peas in a podcast. Two Ds in a podcast. That should maybe be the new title. <laughs> two Ds in a podcast. Let's push it forwards. It's not about the films. It's about peeing and podcast. Two Ps in a podcast. So, David, seven. <coughs> David Finch is seven. What, how many chalk ices out of five are you going to give it? Easily five goes without saying. It's it, it's just that it's a masterpiece with the filmmaking. Everything is just in place. The whole thing, the cinematography, the music. You look back on it. The script writing's perfect. You know, it's um, the whole thing. I think anyone could sit down and watch that and really appreciate it. And also, it's so layered. You know, you can. And it's like Fight Club, isn't it? The other David Fincher film that's really good. Never you seen it. Just, oh, you would love Fight. If you liked Seven, definitely Fight Club's Britain. Fight Club's equally as good wow equally why have i good. never watched that you would really and also has anyone ruined the twist view of fight club i don't know the twist i don't know anything about well that. watch it before anyone ruins it for you i don't know anything it's about really that clever. film oh it's i would say it's equally as good as seven i mean he brought out two really good there were great cinema experiences both of those films yeah how would they do now how would they do now when you said it's not yeah, a big no, event interesting <clears throat> now I would like to watch seven, uh, Fight Club again now because some of it might date slightly with some of the clever music video editing. Maybe not. Maybe it'd be fine. Seven didn't. That grimy almost 90 If Seven came out in the cinema now, David, you said battling with the big Marvel. Would the, do you think this would make the money at the box office? Yeah, that's a very, very it's good a great question. question. It's a fantastic question. That would be a Netflix film. Well, look. Assassins with Michael Fassbender 
they come back together, haven't they? Andy Kevin Walker and David Fincher. Is that the killer? They, the killer, yes. And that will get a very small uh, theatrical window. Jamie, if it does at all, more and more Netflix is going to bring films out in the cinema before streaming because their subscription numbers are dropping. So they need to actually get some box office to actually recoup these big budgets. But, you know, um, I think The Killer kind of represents this is a new version of Seven in a way. You know, this psychological thriller, very adult focus. And you're right, more and more, it's, it's there's, there's a, it would have to have done well at the festivals, really good word of mouth. And it could not have an ambitious budget. It'd have to be very low budget for it to do well in the cinema. Well, thank you, David. A gamble. Well, thank you, David, for no, your thank you. review no, thank you for of Seven. Thank you. Genuinely mean that. No, thank you for that. No, thanks. Thanks for listening. For crying out loud, where would I be without earbuds Don't around swear. me? Quite right. <laughs> just, just breathe in and out and swallow. <laughs> That's what she said. That's quite right. Goodness me. Okay, so this week's movie tips. Oh yeah, this week's movie tip. A film I saw actually last night. Interesting one. Cinema release, they always say at the moment with cinema, it's either ultra low budget, so you can take a gamble. You don't have to make that much money back from the box office, absolutely. Or massive 200 million. This is not... Latter, it costs three million to make. Yeah, it's called Fall. Uh, Fall. Fall. F A L L. Fall. F A double L. And it's by a guy called Scott Mann, who's a British film director. It costs three million, and it's very much in the style of Open Water, you know, the shark film, Phone Booth, um, Buried, where it's a self-contained psychological thriller. Oh my God! I'm liking the look of it already. Stuck in one location. I wouldn't say it's the greatest film. Oh, did you watch films. it? I have seen it. Yeah, it's a recommendation. And um, are these so is, these these um, what do you call them? Um, what do you call these people? Uh, joy seekers. Like, yeah, joy seekers. Adrenaline. Yeah. So I mean, to give an idea of the plot, the plot starts off very cliche. It's like cliffhanger. There's a lady who likes mountain climbing. She goes mountain climbing with her husband. The husband dies. And she's obviously got demons. She's drinking heavily. And her friend, who's a fellow, um, you know, adrenaline junkie, says, to fight your fears and get over your husband, you've got to climb again. You've got to get back into climbing. And, um, you know, some reviewers, and I'd say as well, think, well, you know, how would that help you get over your your husband? So there's a bit of a question there, plot-wise. But instead of going to a mountain, they find... um, that one of the fourth biggest structures on planet earth which is a disused television aerial massive tower so it, it goes on for you know in the film they get halfway to the top and she says to her friend says to her you know we're higher than the eiffel tower right now and her friend who's like an adrenaline junkie says to her you've got to climb again to get over your husband she's like um, a youtuber which is always a very popular kind of character trait now and she films herself whilst doing these crazy stunts and they go right to the top and uh the the ladder that got them all the way out there drops away and they're just stuck at the top at this amazing height so just like buried or phone booth and colin farrell it's like a subgenre in itself one character stuck in this this nightmare situation and it's how they survive it basically so i'm just looking at reviews it's a real mixed bag like empire yes. and telegraph think give it four um seen a couple of good, twos. Isn't it? yeah that's four Guardian gave it five they loved it i mean i love the sound of it Love you liked open water. Yeah, I liked open water. I love buried. That, yeah, it's 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 become a subgenre itself, isn't it? It's a good thing for um, new directors to cut their teeth on it, in the sense that one location, small amount of characters, and it really pushes what you do with the script. You've got to be imaginative with the script for it to work. I wish I'd come up with this idea. So, because I watched some of those uh, Joy Seekers videos three or four years ago, and you know, you watch it through not gritted teeth from behind a pillow 
and it's such oh. an and to focus a whole film on it it's like oh it's perfect it's really good and the other thing is three million and the uh, it's got to be said the special effects are very very good and i was looking at it thinking god the green screen here is perfect but i read an interview with scott man the um the writer and he was saying that they couldn't afford that much green screen because uh, it's only three million so what they did is they went to mountains and then put the top of the tower on the top of mountains and a lot of it they filmed live action because they just wouldn't be they wouldn't have the technology he said it would have cost see there you go he said it would have cost 40 to 50 million which is too too no one wants to pay 40 to 50 million for like a cinema release because uh, it's too much of a gamble you, you may not get that back you've either got to be a big big movie or a very small movie honestly i'm getting the uh, uh, the horn about this film i don't know why i think i, I think I, i'm gonna feel those um, feelings in my tummy and that's what i want when i watch a film i like tummy feelings do you like tummy feelings oh god yeah i i, I look i hunt around for tummy feelings can you do a hip-hop song called i like tummy feelings I like that feeling, that feeling, it's a tummy feeling, here it comes again. I like that feeling, that feeling, it's a feeling, here it comes again. Why aren't you singing it? Because you came up with it. I'm trying to remember it. I'm trying to... That's why, you, that's why, we record, that's why we've got um, music studios, isn't it? To hit record. I like that feeling, that feeling, that feeling, that feeling. Oh, good grief. Butchered it already, for crying out loud. Sorry, I just want to get to the, did you like Fall? Uh, I would say, if I was doing Choc Isis, I would say 3.5 out of 5. It's really not bad. There are moments where um, there's a twist in there that... You think the director uh, thinks he's being very clever, but it's very like, man, we've done this too many times now. Jeremy, you know I mean? it's not it's three million. It's really imaginative. The script takes really interesting routes. It's a real palate cleanser from the whole Top Gun, Marvel, big blockbusters because it's just set at the top of a tower. So you've got to constantly be imaginative with the script. The special effects are very impressive. I would say only 10% of it, you get the odd green screen shot that pops you out of the narrative and it looks a bit fake. The majority of the time, it's all very seamless because they did it live action on on the top of a mountain. So I would say, um, if I was going to watch something this weekend, um, I would go with that. Do you know what I mean? It's just very refreshing. I wish I was seeing it now. You could probably swap it for no. No, the the little cinema I'm going to at Dartington... Lovely little but cinema. Honestly, I'm not knocking no captain. I think you might have still have a good time. Yeah, I just don't think I don't think they'll have it on. They've probably just got nope on. Yeah, it's just nope tonight at Dartington. Nope tonight at Dartington. But as I say, Jordan Pill, you know, he's a good director. There's some. Yeah, but I know I'm going to come away going, it's all right. But as I say, do you know what I mean? I could be wrong. And if you liked it, he's done two other movies you could get into. It's got an interesting, you know, uh, get out and ask. Okay. Thank you, David, for this week's movie tip. Thank you, sir. Thank you. No, I genuinely mean that. No, I genuinely thank you as well. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a pleasure to be here. Chang Films, chewing over the cob. The cud. Hud. <laughs> Is that chewing over the hud? Get it right. Right, so this is where we choose the movie that you're going to watch next My week. future. Yeah. Is it going to be homework or is it going to be... Is it going to be, play, is it going to be seven, which is like slipping into a beautiful bubble yeah, bath? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, let's crack on there. Let's choose the genre, please. I'll just turn on the... Uh, you can hear the uh, random movie generation in the background. Just pull some levers and get this baby working. Okay, let's choose the genre. Stop. History. Okay. Instead of stop, you've now got to say, press the button. 
Quite right, absolutely. We're dealing with technology now. <laughs> yeah. And now we're going to pick the decade. Press the button. <laughs> and we generate. Yeah, so we now have four films. What was the year? Sorry, I didn't hear. Nineteen seventies history. Oh, right. history nineteen seventy. What yeah. that be? American presence men or something? I imagine. So or tell me when to press the button. Press the button. Jesus Christ Superstar, nineteen seventy-three. Wowzers! There we go. I remember watching that from film A level. I never watched the whole thing actually. I only watched clips. I can always hear your your head going off. Oh, fuck's sake. I remember them running out of a minivan at the beginning in the desert. They're all like sort of like uh, hippies, and they all start thinking, "Whoa, let's just put us, let's put a musical together, guys." Okay, and now we choose the second genre. Press the button. Mystery. Oh, I like, like a bit of mystery. Hanging question mark. And the decade. Press the button. Nineteen twenties. Sorry, it's twenty oh twenty twenties. Sorry, twenty twenties. Say flipping egg. Sorry. Lots of Caligari's cover, or whatever it's called, sort of twenties. Uh, stop, stop the button. <laughs> press the button. You've got to say. Press the buttons. Press the button. No sudden move. No sudden move. I know that film. So no sudden move. Who's, who's that again? That's... I think it's Benicio del Toro. That sounds interesting. No sudden move. Who's it directed by? I do recognise the title massively. Um. No sudden move is um, Don Cheadle, Benicio del Toro, and it's oh, directed it's by. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, that's supposed to be very good. Okay. Yeah, that came out just um, before COVID, I think. Yes, that's supposed to be very good. Okay. It's like a sort of neo noir in a small town. Well, there you go. Sort of like um, uh, Grifter type of comment element. That is supposed to be very good. So we go back to the random movie generator, the RMG, and we choose the final genre. Press the button. Comedy. Oh, I like a bit of humour. <laughs> Press the button. Hang on, let me just... Oh, sorry. Thank you. Press the button. 2000s. Okay. And we generate. Press the button. Bad Santa. That's supposed to be good, isn't it? Starring um, Billy Bob Thornton. And the director's supposed to be interesting. He, um, he was a documentary director originally, wasn't he? who did um, that well-known documentary about the uh, New York-based cartoonist, Crumb. Terry Zwigoff. won Oscars. Yeah, Terry Zwigoff, yes. And they did a bad Santa 2, didn't they? Because the first one was so successful, but it didn't quite do as well with the critics. That's supposed to be interesting, bad Santa. I'd be interested in that. It's supposed to be quite an alternative dark comedy for sort of Christmas cinema goers. So, tell me... So you've got your three films here, Jesus Christ Superstar, No Sudden Move and Bad Santa, and you have to tell me when to stop. Press the button. Jesus Christ Superstar. That's disappointing. No, it's not. I'm sure that'll be uh, absolutely fine. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Just those two would have just been like, okay, that's, that's, you know. Oh, God, honestly. Oh, flipping hell. No, 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 honestly, that's a classic. I need to open my eyes to the, um... And there's some good tunes in there. They come, they comes up every now and then, Radio 2. So, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time with these, I obviously want it to land on the one that you really don't want. And you want it to land on the one that... You know, I'm oh, it's on Saturday night. Crying out loud! Fuck! I won't be that. I mean, I'm being dramatic there. No. Do you know what I mean? that, but, are you sure you're up for watching this? Oh yeah, God yes. A lot of the time, uh, the films that you don't think you're going to enjoy, you do end up enjoying. Definitely. And there's a reason why it's been around for ages. Um, Jesus Christ Superstar. I get well into it once I start watching it. I don't think you will. Google I think you'll turn it off after ten minutes. <laughs> oh, I won't do with that. Definitely, definitely not. 
Jeremy, you know I'll get into that. Who directed it? Someone quite big who directed it, wasn't it? Um, the Messiah. Bloody good reviews on IMDb. Yes, it will be. I'm being negative. Writers Melvin Bragg. That's it. I never knew that. That's very Norman interesting. Jewison and Tim Rice. See, there you go. What do I know? I'll, I'll be humming away. I'll be, you know, I'll be a believer by the end of it. Wow. I'll be watching Songs of Praise tomorrow afternoon. 1973. Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, it. This is pre-Star Wars. Oh, it got a mention. It finally got a mention. So yeah, what a desire. Like a tick. <laughs> like a mental tick. Actually, if you press that button, you get a little Star Wars. Uh, oh, do I? Yeah, go that, that little button there? There's just a little press. There you go, R2-D2. Oh, that's, that, that warms me up. I'd love that as my alarm clock, actually. Yeah. yeah. Wake well, me up in the morning on a Monday. Thank you so much for this week, David. Uh, no, as I... Thank you. We've got some three questions to answer from Patreon. Oh, wonderful. But for now, we're going to say goodbye to the regular listeners and uh, hopefully see you next week. Au revoir. Au revoir. Take care. <laughs> Cheers.